listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. You know, one of the awesome things, and I did a little bit of this, is in the book. A little bit of this that I'm talking about today is in the book. Um, I want to talk to you about how when you are connected to God by the power of the Holy Spirit, one of the things we're setting our faith for, one of the things we're believing for, is that God is going to speak to us in a unique way. What do I mean by that? I'm believing that God is going to give us instructions and guidance for the future. That's one of the things that we're really setting our faith for uh, in this upcoming year. Everything that we do, we want, to be, we want to be driven by the instructions of God. Why is that? Well, let me start by saying that in Isaiah 48, 17, there's a passage of scripture that I quote often in Isaiah 48, 17. And uh, God is speaking to Israel and uh, Jacob becomes Israel. This is what he says to him. He said, um, thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, to increase, to benefit, who leads you in the way that you should go, right? So this passage of scripture, very important and very very valuable to understand that the Lord, when he leads you, he leads you and teaches you to profit, to increase, to be blessed, to be successful, leads you in the way you should go. So, so get this now, there's, there are many ways you could go, but there's only one way that you should go. I'm going to say that again. And in fact, I'd I'd like you to write it in the comments. Uh, those of you that are watching and those of you listening, say it out loud. There's many ways I could go, but there's only one way I should go. And that's important because I don't want to do anything by my own will, by my own plans, because I'm not God. Everything that I do, I want to do it by his instruction, by his leading, by his guidance. Because if I do, and if you do, then the blessing of God will be on the things that we are doing by obedience right? So it's our obedience to his leading, to his voice that brings his blessing, that brings increase, that brings what the scripture says here, causes us to profit. And so I don't want to just randomly do things. Uh, One of the other verses of scripture that we base this on is Psalm 127. And if you've never read this passage before, this is what the Bible says in Psalm 127 uh, and verse one. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So notice that unless the Lord is building it, you're working in vain. So I don't want to just come up with an idea and then be like, Lord, jump on this idea. It's a good idea. I want you to empower it. I want you to, and some people do that. They come up with their own plans and then they ask God 
to get on their plans. I don't want to ask God to get on my plans. I want to discover what are his plans for my life, for my family, for my ministry, for my job, whatever you're putting your hands to do. What is his plan? And then I want to faithfully follow his plan. Why? Because unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. I don't want my work to ever be in vain. I don't want my labor to be in vain. So instead of doing my thing, I want to do his thing. And see, this is where fasting and prayer truly help us. Because one of the biggest hindrances to obeying the voice of the Lord is not being able to hear the voice of the Lord. And sometimes so many people are, are walking in such a carnal way. They've let their flesh become so strong that they can't hear the voice of the Lord. And so I've got you here in Isaiah 55, where I want you to turn. And uh, in Isaiah 55, there's, there's a passage here that I've made into some prayer points that we use. You'll have it in your book. If you have the books, you'll see it. Isaiah 55. And God's speaking, right? He's speaking about the power uh, of his word, his spirit, and he's making it very clear that uh, he is far above any human. He is far above any created being. And in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, these are two powerful verses of scripture that reveal just how important it is to discover God's ways, God's thoughts, God's plans. Listen to this. Isaiah 55 and verse 8 and verse 9. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so one thing that really should be no surprise to anybody is that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. No question about that. And so uh, I don't, uh, well, I'll tell you this, when I set up these prayer points and we started to write these prayer points to, uh, to stand in faith and believe, one of the things I wrote down was, Lord, uh, as I seek your face, as I pray, give me access to your ways and your thoughts. Hallelujah. Give me access to your ways and to your thoughts. Give me access. See, I want access to the thoughts and the ways of God. I do not want to just... Um, come up with my own thoughts and my own ideas, I'll always be limited. I will always be limited by depending on my flesh or my carnal mind. But if my spirit is sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to the leading of the Holy Spirit, God will impart his thoughts and his ways to his children. God's so good, he even did this in the Old Testament. I want you to think about how powerful that is. Before there was a covenant with Christ, before there was the word made flesh. Listen to Psalm 103 and verse seven. The Bible says he made known his ways to Moses and his acts 
to the people of Israel. Now, think about that for just a second. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts or his actions to the people of Israel. Which is better, God's actions or his ways? Think about it. Think about it. What's better, his actions or his ways? Well, uh, do you remember hearing the old uh, phrase that's been around forever? If you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he can eat for what? A lifetime. Let me, let me repeat that if you've never heard that, and I'm sure you have. If you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. Well, what, what are we looking at there? In the first example, if you give a man a fish, that man is now benefiting from your actions. But if you teach a man to fish, now what is he doing? Now he's benefiting from your ways. See, and, and so the ways are higher than the actions. The action might be a one-time blessing, a one-time benefit, but what if you discovered the ways of God and how he moves and how he acts, all of those things and how you can provoke him for the rest of your life, how you can follow his voice and walk in his ways. You can walk in never ending blessing, right? So the key becomes if you walk in never ending blessing, then, then you don't have to be one of those people that's always about, I'm just believing that my season is coming. I tell you my season of blessing. It's my season of increase. It's my season. And there's so many people talk about that. Why do you have to go from season to season? Is the question I've always had. Because when we read, when we read Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, it seems as though that people who are faithful to the voice of God They'll, their leaves never wither. Their leaves never wither, right? Uh, they'll prosper in all they do. They, they bear fruit in every season. They bear fruit in every season. So, so get that. Why do I have to go from a season of blessing to a season of struggle to a season of less than enough to a season of pressing in again to a season of another season of blessing? no. We're talking about, as Tanya put in the comments, abundance in all seasons. That's exactly what God wants for his children. And it's exactly what we're pressing in for. Abundance in all seasons. We're not going up and then down and then up and then down. It's not roller coaster Christianity. We're believing for never ending increase until Jesus comes. Never ending increase. Well, how do we do that? He said, I'm the Lord, your God that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. If God would make known his ways to Moses, if God would make known his ways to Moses, think about this. Moses did not have the blood of Jesus. Moses did not have a new Testament covenant. He was under a worse covenant with worse. Look, what does Hebrews say? We have a better covenant established upon better promises. So he doesn't have what we have. And so he actually had access to the ways of God. If he could have it, trust me, we have it. Robert said, would you rather have the blessing of God on a moment or the blessing of God on your life? That's exactly the thought. 
And so the key becomes his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher than ours. And so what are we doing? We want to seek his face and which is what we're going to do again in fasting and prayer for 21 days. Good morning, Ted. And we want to see, we want to see God's voice speaking about our future. Now, uh, the thing that I wanted to get to you today, you saw it in the, in the uh, title, and that is the fact that God makes his secrets known to his children. Think about that. God makes his secrets known to his children. I want you to say it by faith in the comments section. I have access to divine secrets. Put it in the comments. I have access to divine secrets. And I want to show you something that really got me stirred up. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you several passages that are going to stir your faith today and give you an expectation of what we're believing for. This is so good. This got me stirred up. I actually have a, a bunch of notes written. I've just not ever gotten around to it. I have a bunch of notes written on this subject to, to put a, a book out on this thought of the secrets of God. But I want, to, I want to guide you through some of these verses. Psalm 25. Actually, before we go there, let's go to Job. Job 29 uh, verses 2 through 4. Job 29 Verses two through four. Listen to this. And I'll turn there because I want to, I want to give it to you in a couple different translations. Listen to this. Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head and when by light, by his light, I walked through darkness as I was in the days of my youth when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Listen to what Job said. Job was the greatest man in the East. Job was so blessed. And by the time he was done, he had a double portion of what he had to start with. And notice what Job is attributing that kind of blessing to. He's lamenting. He's looking back at his past. He said, oh, that I were as in months past. As in the day when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, as I was in the days of my youth, catch this, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. That's, now, the King James there uses the phrase, uh, the secret of God. The secret of God. Something I wanted to read to you that I wrote in this new book. Listen to this. Um, there are extreme benefits to having access to important information that others don't. Uh, now imagine the benefit of knowing God's secrets. Job had access to God's secrets and they were the source of his overwhelming blessing. Now in modern versions of the Bible, listen, like the ESV and the New Living Translation, the word secret the Hebrew word that's translated secret in the King James is translated as friendship. I want you to see this translated as friendship 
Now, the New English. Now, if, you, if you've stuck with me for any period of time on Bible study and Bible translations, uh, one of the things that we send to you, if you've ever received an elite study collection, and I've encouraged you to go and use it, it's something called the New English Translation, the NET Bible, N-E-T. Um, and the Full Notes Edition is the thing that I've encouraged you to get. We send one in the Elite Study Collection. Uh, you can even look at it on their website. The Net Bible website provides all of this for you. But these, these uh, notes that the scholars made on Scripture are so rich. I believe it's one of the greatest uh, blessings we've received as Christians in the last 100 years. The Net Bible with the Full Notes Edition. It's a gem, no question. But uh, I love this. Because one of the notes that they write here on the, uh, the um, actually the way they translate Job 29.4, the Net Bible. As I said, the King James says the secret of God. Other translations, ESV, NLT, the friendship of God. But look how the Net Bible translates it, which I believe is the most insightful English translation of all for this verse. It says uh, the intimate friendship of God. Because why is that? Because there are things that you'll share with your intimate friends that you won't share with other people. You know, that's the case. There are things you'll share with your intimate friends that you won't share with other people. In fact, I have a guy and remember this proximity means nothing. Proximity means nothing because here's an example. I have a neighbor on one side of me who since I've moved in and I've been there for over two years, he has never spoken to me one time. He doesn't even come out of his house. I see him drive into his garage. I see him drive out of his garage, but he never comes out of his house. No lie. And so I've lived there for over two years, coming up on three years, and I've never spoken to the man one time. So here's an example as to where proximity means nothing. He lives next door to me. But if I was gone, because as I travel as an evangelist, if I was gone for three weeks at a time and somebody walked by and he was outside and they said, I noticed we, Ted's not been around and Carolyn, where, where are they? His proximity means nothing because we have no relationship, right? And so because we have no relationship, we have, he, he knows nothing about me. He doesn't know where I am. He doesn't know what I do. He doesn't know what I'm doing. But then at the same time, I've got close friends that live far from me. I've got friends in, you know, Texas, Montana. I've got friends in Maine that live far from South Florida. But because we are friends and we talk, if you ask them where I was, they would be able to tell you. If you ask them what I was doing, they'd be able to tell you. Because they don't, it's not because they live close. It's because of our intimate relationship. And because we have an intimate relationship, you know, it's, it's powerful because they'll have access to details about my life and family that others who live even closer to me don't have. So you can begin to see the power of having an intimate relationship with God to where he can just drop information to you at any time. He can just give you leading and give you guidance and tell you things about the future. You realize God wants to reveal things about the future to his children. This is such a powerful benefit. God wants 
to release secrets about the future to his children in prayer, in times of prayer. Merry Christmas to pastors Kim and Gib. Gib, I love you guys very much. Um, I was thinking about this when I was reading in Psalms. Listen to this. Psalm 25. That's where I was, had you turn first before we went to Job. Psalm 25 and verse 14. Listen, the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. Again, this translation, the friendship of the Lord, the net Bible, I'm sure the intimate friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. How powerful is that? And he makes known to them his covenant. Who, who is the secret of the Lord with? Those who fear him, who reverentially awe. So what does that mean? It, it means that I don't, I don't just know God exists. It doesn't mean I just acknowledge, yeah, there is a God. Yes, he is almighty. Okay, I get it. No, it means that I have a direct connection, an intimate friendship and connection with that God, with Jehovah. That's why I, uh, uh, Rob, that verse was Psalm 25, 14, Psalm 25, 14, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. I was thinking about this because I was doing some study on, uh, that passage. And if Glenn's on today, I don't know if Glenn is on. I saw Denise Glenn one year when we were doing the youth camp. Uh, in New Hampshire, Glenn had set the, uh, uh, the theme, if you will, of the camp. Uh, we had the verse of scripture, though they that know their God will be strengthened and will do or produce exploits. You're familiar with that verse from the book of Daniel. They that know their God will be strengthened and will produce exploits. And, um, we talked about it and we, I was teaching the young people about this. And one of the interesting things to know is that when you're looking in the Hebrew language, that word no is such a powerful word to study in that context because they that know their God. Okay. What does it mean to know your God? And does it mean you just acknowledge he's there? Do you mean it just, just acknowledge that he exists? Yeah, I know God. You know, people always try to name drop. Oh yeah, I know him. I know her. And they really have no connection with that person. When we say those that know their God, they that know their God, does it really mean that you just acknowledge who he is, that you just know he's there, that maybe you've been to church and you go every once in a while and you know, you sing some, no, it has nothing to do with that. And one of the most eye opening things that I ever saw was that the same Hebrew word that is used in Daniel for this passage, know their God, they that know their God. It's the same Hebrew word that's used in Genesis when the Bible says, and Adam knew Eve and she bore children. Adam knew Eve and she bore children. You know what it means? It means as Nancy put in the comments, intimately related or intimately connected had an intimate relationship with. So notice Adam had an intimate relationship with Eve and she produced. 
And the same thing is being said here in Daniel about the people of God. They that have an intimate relationship with their God will produce. Man, that's powerful. When you can catch that. They that have an intimate relationship with their God will produce. And of course, we know what it says they'll produce. Exploits. Exploits. What is an exploit? Because we don't really necessarily use that word anymore. What is an exploit? An exploit is a notable achievement. A notable achievement. What does that mean? Something that you'll do that's worth talking about. It's notable. They that have an intimate relationship with their God will produce notable achievements in their generation. You know, I was, I was on YouTube years ago and this video went viral and this video was like pretty mind blowing because this guy was working out to go to the NFL combine. And, um, I saw the video cause somebody told me about it. Like, do you got to see this dude is insane. His leg strength is insane. And I said, what do you mean? I looked at the video. He was showing how maybe some of you have seen this video. He was showing how he had worked his legs to be so strong that he could be in a pool. And this is what the video was. It was him in the shallow end of a pool, three feet or four feet of water. And he, he was crouched down so that the water was up around his neck. And then he jumped and he literally jumped up out of the water, up onto the deck of the pool, leapt out of the pool with his leg strength. And, uh, the video went viral. Well, why did it go viral? Cause not everybody can do that. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. That's why it's a notable achievement. That's why we went, uh, I was with pastor Brian Tomes at Crossroads Community Church, uh, one Easter Sunday. And, um, he said to me, he goes, after, uh, the service today, we're going to be going, uh, somewhere for an Easter lunch, someone's house. I said, that's fine. He said, and, um, uh, there'll be some people from the church there. There'll be some other people there from, from local. I said, cool. Uh, and so, so we leave the church and we go, well, we get to the, the place. And of course, you know, we're in Massachusetts and, um, this guy comes in and, uh, they introduced me to him and they said, uh, yeah, this is a kid from the neighborhood here. Uh, his name is his shin limb. And, and so I look at the kid, really nice guy, really nice guy. Um, I said, Hey shin, it's nice to meet you. He said, it's nice to meet you too. And, um, I noticed he had some cards with him, like playing cards and stuff. And he was like, yeah. Um, and, and somebody announced and they were like, later on after lunch, Shin Lim is going to be doing some magic for us. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. I mean, the kid, the kid knows some magic, you know, we're, we're going to see him do some magic. And so, uh, we eat our lunch and then they call us into the drawing room or like the kitchen area, the back, back kitchen area. And they're like, all right, Shin, Shin is going to do, uh, some magic for us. He's working on this routine. I didn't know. I didn't know Shin Lim, you know? And, and so they're like, Shin's been working on this routine. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he sets the, he's got an empty table and he sets this thing up and, uh, Shin starts doing this magic routine with his cards. And the dude was good. The dude was like really good. And it, I was standing like right in front of the table and I couldn't even tell what he was doing. The dude was like killing it.
Later, I didn't know what he was doing. He was practicing on us because he'd been practicing his routine. He was getting ready to go on America's Got Talent. And he, when he went on America's Got Talent, he did the same routine. So like when I turn the TV on, I look over and, and I'm watching America's Got Talent. I'm like, that's Shin Lim. I just was with Shin Lim having Easter dinner in Massachusetts. And there's Shin Lim on America's Got Talent. And, and, and Shin went on America's Got Talent and crushed it. But I know he did the same routine, much more polished by that point, did the same routine that he did for us in the kitchen. Everybody was blown away. Everybody was blown away. And then I think he ended up going to uh, Penn and Teller, like the Fool Us by Penn and Teller or whatever. Anyway, I look it, I look it up later and... Um, I'm going to look it up now to see if it's changed at all. But I looked it up later. Let's see, Shin Lim, America's Got Talent. Wow. Okay. So it was the AGT. I'm looking at the video right now. If you just YouTube Shin Lim, America's Got Talent. I'm looking at the video right now. Shin Lim winner, all performances, America's Got Talent 2018. 51 million views on this video. 51 million views. You can watch it as many times as you want. You're, you're never going to be able to figure out how he does what he does. He just did something that could be considered an exploit. What's an exploit? A notable achievement. Doing something that nobody else can do. That amazes you. That amazes the mind. 54, people are, 54 million people aren't watching a video because they're bored. They're watching a video because it got shared around and it's blowing people's minds. They're like, how did he do that? How did he do that? They can't figure it out. Penn and Teller can't figure it out. America's Got Talent can't figure it out. Nobody can. I couldn't figure it out. And I was standing this far away from him in the kitchen in Massachusetts. And he was crushing it then. And, and what, I'm, what I'm talking about today, what I'm teaching you is, see, it blows my mind because I don't know what he's doing. I don't understand his ways. See, I've, I've watched the video many times. I stood in front of Shin Lim in the kitchen and I didn't know then and I don't know now. And so I'm sure that if he showed me all of the behind the scenes, it wouldn't be as impressive, just like with any, any magic trick. But because I don't know it, I look at it like, that's amazing. And, and I'm telling you, when you are connected to the ways of God, the secrets of God, I guarantee you, the people of your generation will look at you and say, that is amazing. How did that happen? How is that happening? How are you doing that? How is that coming to pass? Why? Because it's an, those that know their God, they are strengthened to produce exploits. They are strengthened to produce exploits, notable achievements, things that nobody else has done, can do. And people will be amazed. God will get the glory, but people will be amazed to see what God's doing in your life. And notice this, the friendship of God is not for everybody. It's for those who fear him. And he makes known to them his covenant. So this is a very important thing. He makes known to them his covenant. Now, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the Bible says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children 
forever, that we may do all the words of his law. So notice the moment God reveals something to you, it belongs to you. I want you to put that in the comments. The moment God reveals something to me, it belongs to me. If I didn't understand it before, I didn't know it before, I didn't have access before, but once God reveals it, it belongs to me. The Bible says it. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. But the secret things belong to the Lord. So at any time, I want you to think about this. Isn't it at your discretion? If you know something that nobody else knows, isn't it at your discretion who you'll reveal that thought to? If you've got somebody that's super close. Okay, for example, I'll give you an example. Yeah, that was Deuteronomy 29, 29, Jody. Those of you that are married, I'm sure you'd agree with this thought. If somebody tells you something, I mean, this is how I think about it anyway. If somebody tells you something in confidence and says, don't tell this to anybody, in my mind, that means obviously other than my wife, because she knows what I know. Somebody's not going to tell me something and say, well, don't tell this to anybody. It's like, sorry, Carolyn, I can't tell you because they told me not to tell anyone. No, if you understand marriage to become one, she is me. I am her. That's the whole point of the unity candle lighting at a marriage ceremony, right? And so obviously if somebody tells me, Hey, I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody. Okay. Obviously other than my wife, because my wife will know what I know and I'll know what she knows. Um, unless it's like a reminder of like, Hey, don't, Hey, would you guys like to come for dinner on Thursday? Yeah. I'll talk to Carolyn about totally forgotten. I can't remember. She tells me people should never tell you anything. They should tell me. And it's very true. But if it's a secret <laughs> that the understanding has got to be there, obviously, if you say don't tell anybody, that means people other than my wife, because obviously she's going to know what I know. And so that's the key, because when you have that kind of a relationship with someone, they will know what no one else knows. They'll have access to information that nobody else has. That's what an intimate relationship is. They know things about, listen, why do you think Delilah worked so hard to become intimately involved with Samson? Why do you think Delilah tried to become so intimately involved with Samson? What was she looking for? Can we talk about this? What was she looking for? She was looking for his secret. Just making a note. She was looking for his secret. So what did she do? This, this, if this doesn't blow your mind, you see what I'm saying? If this doesn't blow your mind, it should. The reason she was trying to gain an intimate relationship is because all she wanted was his secret. And because 
you don't get the secrets if you don't have the relationship. The Philistines would have loved to have his secrets, but what did he do? He just killed them. He killed them, but he wasn't killing her. Why wasn't he killing her? Because, and look, there, there, were plenty of t- there were plenty of times where there was, there was tons of clues there. Like if your girlfriend tells you, uh, it's like, what's the secret of your power? Well, if you put my hair in a loom and you wake up in the middle of the night and your hair's in a loom and there's like six dudes in the room ready to kill you, it's, it's a sign to get another girlfriend. <laughs> it's time to go to get another girl. And so what was she doing? She's trying to access his secret. How did she do it? Through intimate relationship. And that's the key. The key is intimate relationship. Access the secrets. Access the secrets. And so that's what we want. I want access to the secrets of God. I want access to the secret counsel. See, I'm looking at my footnotes here in this ESV Bible, and that's, that's what it says. Uh, one, one translation just says the secret of God, but another translation here at the bottom, the secret counsel of God. The secret counsel of God. He tells us to do things that other people don't know about. Hmm. So listen, listen to what happened to Moses. Let me show you what happened to Moses when he got gained access to the ways of God. What did Psalm 103 say? He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. All right, well, what happened to Moses when he had access to the ways of God? Let's read it in Exodus 11 and verse three. Listen to this. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. So God giving him access to his ways brought extreme greatness to Moses. His access to God's ways, to God's secret counsel, made Moses very great in the land in which he was living. And he was not living in a land that was kind to his people, as you know, enslaved his people. But for Moses, the Bible says, he became very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh, in the sight of the people. When you have access to the thoughts and to the secrets of God Almighty, when you are in on his secret counsel, it can only Uh, bring greatness to your life. It can only bring increase to your life. It can only bring success to your life. And that's why that as we are getting ready to fast and pray, one of the keys that we are praying for, believing for, asking God for, Lord, give us access to your thoughts and to your ways. Give us access. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Give us divine access to your thoughts and your ways. Give us instruction. Give us uh, direction. Bring us correction. Take us to the place that you have provided for us. See, because when we get on uh, God's plan and begin to follow his plan, his instruction, you know where that leads to never ending increase. God doesn't have any plans to diminish his children. 
He doesn't have any plans to bring his children low. No plans to destroy his children's future. He has plans to uh, not only bless you, but to increase you and to make you extremely impactful in your generation. No question. No question about it. No question about it. And what's the key? The key is gaining access to his ways and his thoughts. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10. Love you, Ashley. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For the spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. That's the New Living Translation of 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10. Let me read it again. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you remember? Is there anybody on here that's a gamer that you can remember playing video games in the late 80s and the early 90s? Just throw a hand up in the comments if you ever owned a Nintendo Entertainment System or you had a Sega or, you know, Atari, whatever. Uh, then they came out with Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Uh, if you ever had one of those and you were a gamer, maybe you're still a gamer. That's fine. <laughs> but one of the things that I remember, because I was kind of coming up right at the time that Nintendo was really, uh, you know, blowing up around the world. Nintendo Entertainment, the NES. The Nintendo Entertainment System, you got Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt on one cartridge. Um, but there was a game that came out called Contra. Does anybody remember Contra? You were like a soldier. You were like a, I don't know, a, like a vigilante, almost like a, a rogue soldier kind of a, kind of a thing. And um, this game company was called Konami. And they, they made a lot of games. Konami made a lot of games. Sega. Yes, exactly right. Uh, Konami made a lot of games and, uh, there was this, uh, programmer for Konami who came up with a cheat code. Some of you that are on right now can still remember the cheat code for Konami games. Tell me, Robert, he just he said already, I knew the code for 50 lives. What was the cheat code for 50 lives in Contra up, up, down, down, left, right, a, B, A, B, select, start at the same time. Lauren's on it. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. 50 lives in Contra. Right? And so um, the key being, <laughs> the key being, he programmed this cheat code into these Konami games <clears throat> so that if you gained access to that secret, you see, if you gained access to that secret, then you had the ability to have, yeah, early day hackers. You had the ability to be far beyond where anybody else was. Made me think, I preached this at Pastor Brian Tomes, the, the Mario Brothers. You know, if you understood how to run up above the bricks on the lower level of uh, level one, two, you could skip past the exit of the level and go over to a place called the warp zone. 
Some of you people remember the warp zone on Mario Brothers 1. And you could, there was a t- three tubes, right? Ashley said, my husband is screaming it from the other room. Uh, on the other side, three tubes. You had, you go to level two, level three, or level four, right? And then you go up. And then when you go to level four, two, there's another one. And you can go up to level six, seven, or eight. If you had the cheat code, you could fight Mike Tyson immediately on Mike Tyson's punch out. That's exactly right. And you could start, uh, you could start far ahead in the game. What do all of these things show you? That if you have access to the secrets, you can start further ahead and in a better position than everybody else, right? That's what happened when you take, you have access to the secrets by the creators, The creators, Game Genie, yes, Jeff, I was going to say that because Game Genie came out and you could connect it to your cartridges, but then not only that, they would start producing the books. Somebody remember the books. So any game you bought, you could flip through the cheat code book and find the cheat codes for your video game that you, that you'd purchased. And so they were just starting to sell. So notice this, if you have access to the secrets, then you can start further ahead and you can start off in a better position than others can who don't have access to the secrets. And that's the key. That is why Job was saying, oh, that I were in the days as, as in the days of my youth, when the secret of God, the secret counsel, the intimate friendship of God was on my tabernacle. You don't have to wonder how great, how, how Job became great. You don't have to wonder, uh, how Moses became great. You don't have to wonder how Solomon became great or how it's by the secret of God, the secret counsel of God, the instructions of God. And when they followed them, it was nothing but increase. It was nothing but blessing. It was nothing than beyond where other people were. Why? Because they had access to the secret counsel of God. Jesus said, I won't operate any other way than that way. I'm not going to operate any other way. He said, I can only say what I hear the father say. Was anybody else hearing what the father said? No, I can only do what I see the father do. Was anybody else seeing what the father? No, except through Christ. And so Jesus had divine access to the ways and the thoughts of God. He'd only speak what God spoke. He'd only do what God did. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And people's like, how is he so powerful? I've not heard preaching like this. I've not heard teaching like this. There's a reason. There's a reason. And we are not going to coast through life without God's guidance. We are going to make sure, I wrote it again. I'm gonna tell you what I wrote. Very beginning of this book in the dedication page. You know what it says? For the faithful. We will never grow cold. We'll never fall away. It's for the faithful. What do I mean by that? I I was talking last night. We were uh, live on the last gen um, Instagram account. Me and Alex were live together. I think that's still up if you want to go watch it. And he was talking about the number one skill that young people need to learn. And it's to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we were talking about Uh, If you haven't subscribed to the Last Gen Podcast, do that. If you haven't gone and followed uh, the.last.gen on Instagram, do that. Because we're trying to make an interactive experience for young people 
we're talking about uh, how important it is to hear the voice of the Lord. We're talking about it's the number one thing is to hear the voice of God. Think about the money it would save people in student loan debt because they didn't have to stay in college for all those years because they didn't know what they wanted to be or what they wanted to do. Think of the heartbreak it would save in relationships if you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Think of all the things that you could be saved from literally just by getting the instruction of God. Getting the instruction of God. We talked about how important it is to truly uh, hear Him. But as we were talking about that, and this is why I brought it up, we were talking about Bible prophecy already tells us there's going to be people. Jesus said, hearts of many will grow cold. The hearts of some will fail them for fear. Paul prophesied that people would fall away from the faith, fall away, become apostate. Well, do you think that being on fire for God happens by accident? No, it doesn't happen by accident. So why do you think I wrote what I wrote in here? This is for the faithful. We will never grow cold and we'll never fall away. Addressing those two prophecies. We say, well, if it's Bible prophecy, how can you uh, say it's not going to happen? I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm saying it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to you. Because remember something, nobody's heart grows cold by accident. Nobody falls away from the faith by accident. How do you think it happens? Well, it's like when you build a campfire. Have you ever built a campfire before? You can start the fire and you can let the fire burn. But at a certain point, what takes place? The fire begins to burn down. So what do you have to do? You have to take fuel and throw it on the fire. More wood, please. More wood, please. The fire doesn't go out by accident. The fire goes out because nobody puts fuel on it. And this is what I'm talking about with uh, the people of God. Those people's hearts aren't growing cold by accident. People aren't falling away from the faith by accident. It's because they're not doing what they should be doing in seeking God. Right? So if we just talked about Christian disciplines. And that's why we're talking about fasting and prayer and we're getting ready to do it together. We're, we're getting ready to throw a ton of fuel on the fire. We're getting ready to throw a ton of fuel. We're going to read the whole new Testament in 21 days. And that throws fuel on the fire. We're getting ready to pray intensely for 21 days. That throws fuel on the fire. We're getting ready to be faithful to God. Like we never have been even submitting our bodies to the kingdom of God through fasting that throws fuel on the fire. We're going to be more faithful to church in 2022 than we ever have been in our life. That throws fuel on the fire. We're going to give like we've never given in 2022. That throws fuel on the fire, right? And so their flame dies, not because it was just prophesied and they got caught up into some destiny that they didn't even want. It's because they allow their carnal flesh to guide them rather than allowing their spirit to lead the way guided by the Holy Spirit. And so Christian disciplines will ensure that you don't grow cold and that you don't fall away. Ask yourself, how often am I praying in tongues? Am I doing it as I drive in the car? Am I doing it around the house? 
Or do I only do it for a few minutes at church when people are praying? How often are you praying in tongues? How often are you praying in your known language? How often are you reading through the Bible? How often are you reading through the New Testament? How often are you picking that Bible up, opening it, sitting down, ingesting the mighty word of God? See, Christian disciplines throw fuel on the fire. If Let me just say this, and I know it's, it's blunt. I know this is blunt. I know it's harsh to some people. But if, if we grow cold, if I grow cold, it's not the fault of Bible prophecy. If I grow cold, <laughs> hear me, if I grow cold, it's not anyone else's fault in my generation. If I grow cold, it's not God's fault. And if I grow cold and fall away, it's not the devil's fault. If I grow cold and I fall away, it is my own fault. And that's the only thing I can say. It is my own fault if I grow cold and I fall away. You know why? Because a marvelous and a miraculous thing has happened to me. He took me out of darkness and put me in his marvelous light. I took that gift of grace and I sat there and didn't curate it, did not maintain it. I did not do what I should have done to stay in the fear of the Lord, to curate that grace. Now, now obviously, I'm not talking to the people that don't believe that that grace needs to be curated or needs to be upheld or upkept. You know, I'm not talking to, you know, reformed Calvinists that believe there's no other choice than that. I'm talking to people that actually believe that you have a free will to make these choices and you can fail or you can succeed. And you can. Um, Dr. Prepper says, is there a program or plan to download or something for this 21 days with the Bible verses, et cetera? Sorry, I've missed it. This is the book right here, Dr. Prepper, uh, that's out on Amazon. The ebook will be available next week. It has all the plan. It has all the verses, has all the prayer points, has all the teaching for 21 days. This is the book that's available, the 21 day fast field guide. And we're joining together. It starts on the 2nd of January and runs through the 22nd. I would encourage you to go to Amazon to get yours. It'll be there before the new year starts. And of course, the ebook will be available next week. But we're joining together. Why? Because we're taking steps to not grow cold. You know, just think about it. Just by fasting and praying, like we're getting ready to do for an extended period of time, you've already put yourself in the upper echelon of people who are dedicating themselves to the kingdom. And I commend you for that. I commend you for being on fire, for staying on fire for God. But you know, you're not on fire by accident. You're on fire because you're taking active steps to dedicate and consecrate your life to God and say, Lord, as I seek your face. See, James wrote something in the New Testament and uh, I'll, I'll quote it here before we pray. Notice this. He said, draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. Get that, draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. So who took the first step there? You did. Of course, you could say God took the first step by sending Jesus, but after that, after salvation, who takes the first step? The Bible says you do. Draw near unto God, me. And then he will draw near unto me. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six that 
uh, he's a rewarder, but not of everybody. Of who? God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he's, what's he looking for? He's really looking for people who will seek him. He says, if you'll seek me diligently, I'll reward you. If you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. If your heart is turned toward me, my eyes are searching for you, guess what? I'll come show myself strong and mighty on your behalf. That's the God we serve. He's just looking for people who take the first step that will not let the fire go out, that will not shirk their duties as a believer and will stay consistent with Christian disciplines. And that is the key. That's what discipleship is all about. This is in a form we are walking in discipleship because uh, even Paul the apostle said this. He said, though I can't be with you, I'm going to send my son Timothy to come teach you how to live like I live. And by the way, if you want to read more about that, in my other book, um, A Complete Guide to Biblical Fasting, there's a chapter where I, I deal with the thought, did the Apostle Paul believe in fasting and prayer? Because I've had the argument from some people, well, Paul never wrote to any churches and told them to fast and pray, so he must not have thought it was that important to fast. Okay, go read that chapter, and then you tell me that he didn't think it was important to fast and pray. And one of the things he said I'm sending Timothy to come and teach you how to live like I live. How did he live? Paul was a man of fasting and prayer, and the New Testament tells us so. So, understood, this is discipleship. We're, ra we're being raised up in the disciplines of Christianity. We want to be like our master Jesus. We want to be like those that have gone before us, that have been successful, they've run their race, they've finished their course, like the Apostle Paul. We want to be dedicated. And then as we are, get ready. Uh, here's what I want you to get ready for. In the new year, I want you to get ready to clearly hear the voice of God, the instructions of God, and to receive the secrets of God upon your life. He said to Jeremiah concerning what the prophet was doing, he said, call unto me and I will answer you. And one translation says, and show you secrets about the future. Secrets about the future. I want you to get ready to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as we fast and pray. To receive instructions you've never received. To do what you've never done because it's our year of divine possession. It's our year of divine possession. And so, I want you to get ready to hear what you've never heard. And get ready to do what you've never done. And watch as God blesses you so abundantly for your faithfulness. It'll be the greatest year you've ever seen. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those that are watching. I just saw Ed said he took uh, Miss Colleen to the hospital for her surgery today, for her kidneys. And uh, we're going to pray for her. We're going to pray for others. Miss Sandra needs our prayer. And um, others that have written in. It's time to receive the miracles of God. And so I want you to receive this with me today. If you need a touch from God, unless you're driving, lift your hand and receive this prayer today. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We're so thankful for your anointing, your power, your glory. We ask you now today to touch your precious people. We ask you to touch Miss Colleen as she's there in the hospital in Michigan. I pray you touch her body, make her whole. 
send healing virtue to her now. I pray for Miss Sandra. The enemies tried to attack her and steal her peace and steal her joy. And I pray, Lord, that today every foul attack of the enemy would be broken by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray in Jesus' name that you'd set her free and let her go free from that institution in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I take authority over every enemy attacking the families of God's people. In Jesus' name, I command you to loose your grip and let them go. Father, even during this holiday season when so many battle in their minds, I lose peace and joy to your precious people. Touch them and make them whole. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We give you honor, glory, and praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for all you're doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we go today, I'm encouraging you to sow your seed by faith. There it is on the screen. You can go to miracleword.com and you can partner with us. Listen to me. Before we enter into this new year, Carolyn and I are encouraging you, if you've never done so, to partner with this ministry, to stand with us as we're impacting this generation before Jesus comes. Ask the Lord, what is it that I could do on a monthly basis to stand with Ted and Carolyn financially, not just in prayer, but financially, to push this gospel forward? Maybe you could stand at $85 a month, $100 a month, whatever it is that you can do. Some are showing far more than that, $500 a month, $750 a month. Do what you can do at the place where you are and watch God bless you. Seed has to go in the ground in order for harvest to come back. And so... There on the screen, you can see all the ways to give. If you go to the website, all the way, ways to give are listed there as well. And in the month of December, Pastor Mark Hankins, his book is Our Gift to You, Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural. And there you can see, if you'd like to receive it, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, fill out the form so we know where to send it. That's for all that are partnering with us in the month of December. And I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's been standing with us December is the final month of this year we've been declaring, but wonders are going to take place before it's over. And then in 2022, it's our year of divine possession in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Again, don't forget, today you have until 9 o'clock p.m. to send a video of you singing Christmas carol, your favorite Christmas carol, to Jenna at MiracleWord.com. It's got to be in by 9 p.m. Eastern time. Our favorite Wins $100 to Amazon, runner-up $50 to Amazon, and uh, tomorrow we'll have something else. We'll announce the winners, and we have something else for you tomorrow. I can't believe we're already right now at Christmas time. I mean, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, Maddie? Is that right? Today's Christmas Eve Eve? <laughs> Maddie's, Maddie's excited. You're excited? <laughs> She's been counting down. Since September, a hundred days of counting down. She'll be like, Dad, you know how many days till Christmas? 84. Dad, you know how many days till Christmas? 61. She's been counting since September, and we're already here. I can't believe it. This year has flown by, but God has been extremely good to us. And I want to take a minute to thank Him and praise Him. This has been the best year we've ever seen. Last year was the best we'd ever seen. This year was better than last. And 2022 is going to be better uh, than the last two. God's going to do great things. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. New doors are opening. New things are taking place. I love it. Never-ending increase. That's our story. In Jesus' name. I love you. Have a great day. I know people are baking. People are getting ready. They're wrapping. Families coming in. 
watch some Christmas movies with your family, hang out, huh? Maddie says we should end with some believer size. I know we should. I think we should. It's one of my favorite videos, believer size. I love you so much. Have a great day. I'll see you in the morning. Be blessed. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.